Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental Familia, welcome back to another episode. For those of you who are brand new, hello, we love you, welcome. I am Valentina Sinistera. I am half of Pretty Mental. I am a breath work facilitator, and I could not be more excited that you guys are taking this journey with us. Hello, everybody. I'm Paula Sinistera, and I am a licensed mental health therapist the on the other half of pretty mental and valentina and i are sisters we've been on this mental health journey healing journey inquiry for a very long time many lifetimes (laughs) many lifetimes and pretty mental is a project from our heart and our souls that we've been developing over these past two years so super excited to have you guys here we talk about all things mental health. We talk about, we address the human and the spirit because we are multi-dimensional beings, not just one dimensional, you know, flesh robots on this planet. We have many, many layers and many, many sides to us. So you'll hear us talk about everything from the Western perspective to Eastern practices, to plant medicine, to just absolutely everything and how we are way more than human. We are full, beautiful spirits having a human experience on this planet. Yeah. Our intention with Pretty Mental is truly to be able to bridge the Western psychological perspective with all of what Valentina just described because, yeah, I mean, for so long that the Western psychological and medical model has been pretty reductionistic and, you know, in our journey, we truly do believe and have encountered that the deepest mental health healing happens when you incorporate spirit into this process. So we're bringing the science, bringing, bringing the spirit, bringing the heart, bringing the body, bringing the soul, all of it. And as you will see in this episode, bringing in the divine masculine and feminine What a smooth transition into our intro. Shout out to me. (laughs) Today we had the amazing Victoria Richmond on the podcast. She goes by Victoria Whitley on Instagram. This was such an epic conversation. I mean, you're going to hear Valentina and I drooling (laughs) over every word that she was saying. I really felt like a baby giraffe trying to walk when asking my questions. I like could not. I'm like, there's just, I couldn't get them out fast enough. And then they came out just in the, (laughs) in the funniest way. And amazing Victoria was like, this is, is this what you're asking? I'm like, you are very kind to make me feel like I just made sense. But she knew. I mean, like, there's just so much juice. I know. We were, like, tripping over ourselves. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> nervous on a first date. Um, it was so beautiful though. So she is a feminine embodiment coach, just a goddess of the divine feminine energy. And she takes us fully into this conversation of balancing the masculine and the feminine within ourselves and what the healed feminine and the healed masculine truly looks like. So we can all have a roadmap in terms of you know, having a North star for where we're going in this energetic healing of both energies. We know you guys are going to absolutely love this episode and get ready because Paul and I are in a whole divine masculine feminine journey right now. So pretty <laughs> mental is about to be like, <laughs> that is what we're going to be for quite a hot minute. As you heard in the very last podcast that we recorded the solo, the awakening of the journey that we're stepping into. After this podcast, I recommend that you guys dive into her website and her Instagram. She has so many amazing resources. She has so many offerings on the masculine and feminine, on diving deeper into pleasure, on sacred sexuality and sensuality, just so, so, so much. I I mean, I get lost in a black hole every single time I visit her Instagram. I know you guys will too. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author to be, Awakened Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share and Awakened Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. It is August 27th, 2021. We open up the space calling in our higher selves, calling in the energies that walk with us in this lifetime calling in the energy of the divine feminine, of the divine masculine, calling in the energy of love. We open ourselves up fully with our raw, honest, vulnerable truths. We open up our beings 
for whatever messages want to come through, for the highest healing of ourselves, the highest healing of our community, and for the highest healing of the planet. The portal is now open. <gasps> Goddess, woman, Victoria. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm honored. Yeah, we are super excited to have you on and to have this conversation. The timing could not be more perfect. Yeah. It's totally meant to be happening in this moment. So I'm so excited. Yeah. And I love that beautiful grounding introduction and just, yeah, anchoring in of all of our energies. I think that's so special. And I've been on a lot of podcasts and none of them have ever done that. And I just, I love that. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We try to come into this with our full hearts and, and spirits and it, you know, it's definitely sacred work for us. So mm -hmm. I can okay. feel that for sure. Yay. All right. Well, Victoria, uh, introduce yourself to our community so they can learn a little more about you. Yes. So my name is Victoria Richmond, Victoria Whitley on Instagram. Um, and I am basically, I have lots of healing modalities, but I'm a feminine embodiment guide, masculine feminine, pol feminine polarity guide. Um, I also do a lot of trauma work, inner child and shadow work too. Um, but I also do mainly pleasure and sacred sensuality and sexuality work as well for women. So lots of different modalities, but they all end up feeding into one another and coalescing and affecting one another. Um, and it's such sacred work. I just love working with women and helping them anchor in their true essence underneath all the conditioning, all the programming and all different facets of their lives. Um, and so I originally started out in a very, in my opinion, very masculine linear area, um, in college, I was pre-med and really focusing on psychology and counseling, um, and also nutrition and endocrinology. So I also do a lot of womb healing as well, um, coming from that hormone background. Um, and it was really, really useful. And I taught a lot of yoga as well for about 10 years or so, um, power yoga. And all of those were beautiful steps in my journey to where I am now. Um, and using all of that background knowledge and all um, of that analytical knowledge and infusing it with the feminine, intuitive, energy-based work I do now as well. So it's a beautiful kind of fusion that I just love. So much goodness in that. So much goodness in that. <laughs> yes. So I would love for you to just dive a little bit into explaining what the divine feminine, divine feminine, divine masculine is for people who are, you know, maybe have heard the energy terms feminine and masculine, but have no idea that there's this whole other level to it. For sure. Yeah. So we all have these energies within us, regardless of gender or sex, it doesn't matter. We have these two energies of yin and yang, masculine, feminine, fire and water, you can think of them as. Um, and I like to visualize the masculine as kind of the container and the structure, like a glass, and the feminine as the water that fills the glass, the energy that fills the glass. 
Um, so the feminine is tied to these energies of flow, of spontaneity, of play, of pleasure, of sensing, of wonder. Um, and the masculine is, like I said, this kind of linear structure, very forward thinking, action based um, direction on purpose. Um, and we need both. You know, we can't have one without the other. And if we do, it ends up causing a lot of dis ease, um, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, all the ways. Um, and so it's about having a balance internally within. Um, and being able to move between these two different energies, depending on the situation and what you are intrinsically needing and desiring in that moment, whether it's in your work or if it's with your partner or what have you. Um, and especially as it pertains to relationships, I talk a lot about that in my work um, because it really is the key to maintaining attraction and juice and vibrance in a relationship long-term is that polarity between masculine and feminine between two people. Um, so there are unhealthy versions of these aspects as well. You know, I talk a lot about the man child versus like a sovereign man. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. To really bring home just the visual of what a wounded masculine man actually looks like. Um, so a man can be too much in his masculine, too much in his feminine, just like a woman can. Um, and a really good example of a woman being too much in her feminine, a wounded feminine, is having oops, absolutely no boundaries whatsoever. People pleasing, um, not speaking your truth, hiding, not wanting to be seen or witnessed. Um, so that's a really good example of a wounded feminine. Um, a wounded masculine is a man who, or anyone who just has an underdeveloped masculine, um, can't make decisions, can't take action, um, and is also very chaotic and unrooted, cannot ground or center themselves. So we've seen kind of this evolution of masculine and feminine throughout the ages, um, but the, the true divine feminine, the healthy feminine I was describing has been really repressed um, throughout history. And women have had to be in their wounded feminine for just survival purposes. But now we're able to, we've gone to like the opposite side of the spectrum I've found to where um, most women can almost out-masculine men. Um, we've gotten so good at embodying our masculine since we can now. We have the ability, the rights, the freedoms but to a fault almost at, ex at the expense of our feminine too. So it's this beautiful tango both internally and externally and how you relate to people as well. So that in a nutshell is masculine and feminine, um, divine and wounded in a nutshell. In our last podcast, we talked about, I talked about how I, like my, I was so much in my masculine that I saw it manifest in my health. And can you talk a bit about that with any of your clients, maybe if, you know, you've guided them into healing that and what, is, what does that look like? Yeah. So I'm primarily to a very masculine woman by default. And I actually have a quiz on my blog about how to figure out if you're more masculine or feminine. And so I'm naturally masculine dominant and I've had to work really hard over the past like 10 years healing that in proportion to my feminine. 
So I tend to attract a lot. I mean, I attract a lot of women, some wounded feminine, some wounded masculine women, but they're all seeking the same thing, which is balance and equilibrium. So essentially a, a really extreme version of, you know, a overly masculine woman being manifested in her physical body is womb issues. Um, so PCOS, cramps, things like extreme cramps, endometriosis, um, because if you think about energy, so you have a thought that manifests as energy. You can physically see this on body scans. You can see how warm or how cooling certain emotions are. Um, and if you don't feel these emotions, if you don't feel these different energies as they come up, they eventually manifest in the physical body and sometimes as disease in extreme cases. Um, so when you think about your womb space, like that's the center of your womanhood, the seat of your womanhood, ideally. Um, and so that's a really basic way that that can manifest in your physical body, but it manifests as not being able to just let go and surrender, having to control, being overly perfectionist, not being able to be led by someone else. Like if you're in a relationship with a man as a woman and you can't just let him make a decision or lead, or you don't trust him driving a car or any of these things, that's a really good indicator that you're too much in your masculine. And like I said, you know, we've, we've been in our masculine as women for survival purposes too. Um, and we've gotten so good at being masculine, we can out-masculine men, but there definitely needs to be that balance, you know? So it's, it's so, so important um, for both parties because for a woman to be in her feminine, there needs to be a safe structure and container and there needs to be trust. Like you can trust that your partner knows to make the right decision. You can surrender um, they have integrity, they have follow through, they've earned your trust enough to where you can surrender and be in your feminine, it's safe enough. So that's also a facet, you know, it takes two to tango. There, there's a lot, of, I don't even know if I answered your question, but <laughs> I just went off on so many different paths. There, there's so, so feminine, many. I'm there's, just like scattered. There's so you should, I mean, Paula and I have a little notes app where we collect topics that we want to, wanted to, you know, talk with our guests about and we did one for you. And I'm like, this notes app is just going to keep going. I'm like, <laughs> how, many, how many hours do we have? There's so much juice and there's so much to talk about everything. Um, even I was okay. looking, looking through your, um, I think Valentina, okay. Looking through your Instagram, I'm just like, oh my God, this and that and that. I just want to be able to talk to you about all of it. I know there's so many facets to the work that I do. And I, I'm so, like I said, influenced by so many different modalities. Um, and so I talk a lot about a lot of things and also just what resonates with me and what's current for me too. So yeah. Yeah, there's lots of different facets to the masculine feminine polarity, both within yourself and in relationships. So yeah, so many di directions. How do you go about leading women to tap back into their feminine healing there? So if you have a wounded, is it a wounded masculine or a wounded feminine? If you Could are, be both, you, right? or is it the same thing if you've been operating out of? So wounded masculine? masculine would be for a woman would be she's too in her masculine. Okay. Wounded feminine for a woman be she's too much in her feminine. Um, and it's the same thing for the men. So how do you go about guiding your women, for example, if they have a wounded masculine? This is a very selfish question. Because <laughs> no. I 
yeah, it's a big one. And I, that's part of my journey, like I said. Um, so a really easy way is to begin connecting to your body. And I don't mean just like, oh, I'm connected to my body, but like physically tuning into your senses, which is a part of your sensuality, like the root of the word sensuality is senses. And that's what the feminine is all about is just the feeling in every single moment and expressing how you're feeling in every single moment through your body. So like if you're with a partner who is driving the car crazy, instead of yelling at him or, you know, criticizing, you could physically show in your body how it makes you feel, right? Getting out of your head and into your body. So like closing or being really dramatic, like, no, you know, uh, especially if this is new for you, really exaggerating it, but just feeling every sensation in your body, you know, sensual eating, eating slowly, tasting like every different taste in whatever you're consuming. Um, and the breath, again, another way to get you out of your head and into your body. So the, the feminine is very body-based. Um, and the masculine is very heady, very logical, very analytical, structured, like I said. Um, and we need both. But to anchor into your feminine, getting into your body, including your emotions and expressing your emotions through your body um, and letting them just manifest as they need to. Um, so that's a really, really easy, simple way. Tuning into the senses, the body and and your breath. I'm just like, I don't know if Paula told you, but I am a breathwork facilitator. I saw that actually on your Instagram. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I dance all the time and I, you know, I've worked, I would say for the majority of my life, I definitely operated out of my masculine, out of survival mode. Yeah. And it was through breathwork that first started, it, it, that was my journey back into my feminine, of coming back into my body and becoming more sensual and really tasting all the foods and slowing down and living in every single second and simmering in every single second. Yes. And it's just so interesting how I still see signs of that wounded masculine try to pop up. Yeah, it goes deep, deep, deep. Because it's mirrored in our culture too. Our culture is very wounded masculine. And another easy way to tap into your feminine, I forgot to mention, is being instead of doing. The masculine, like I said, is very action-oriented, which we need. But in proportion to how much you're being, how slow you're moving, how much self-care, how much self-pleasure you're receiving in all different facets of life. And so that's another way. And even, you know, you mentioned dancing, you know, like um, I teach a lot of women just how to slowly dance, sensually dance to where they're feeling every single muscle in their body move instead of just like jumping up and down and like raging, you know, which is so necessary sometimes. But sometimes that's all someone knows how to move through dance. So that's another simple way is just slowing down in all respects, basically. I feel like I've taken over, Paula. Have I stopped you from go Please take over, Paula, because I could keep going. I know. That's why I'm just like, you're probably asking very similar questions to what I would ask anyways. But it's hard to know for me where to even start with this conversation. Because I see it, I see it pop up in so many different manifestations. Like 
I mean, I work with a lot of my clients struggle with anxiety and with trauma. And I'm curious how you see where you see the connection, like the energetic connection of masculine and feminine and how it's affected by yes. the traumas and just how it relates to anxiety. So such, such a good question. And like I said, that's my background. And in the beginning of my business, I did a lot of trauma work and I got burnt out. I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's not sustainable. It's hard to hold space. Um, like that for that type of emotional work. Um, so now I have more sustainable offerings for people to move through that alone with themselves. But I will say it's a big part of people being disconnected from their feminine is trauma. And for me, my definition of trauma is very, it's, it's very subjective. It's a spectrum. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean you were sexually molested as a child. It could mean someone told you when you're eight, your painting sucks. And so you repressed your feminine creativity for the rest of your life and you're unable to tap into the feminine. But in, you know, more extreme cases, essentially trauma takes you out of your body into your head because your body is unsafe um, and everyone reacts differently to trauma, you know, fight, flight, fawn, freeze. But yeah, it takes you out of your body and your body feels unsafe. And that's why removing these obstacles to being in your feminine by doing trauma work. And I also see this being too extreme of people just dwelling on their trauma and doing so much trauma work. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, it's enough and it's time to move on. You know, you've healed and you've cleared and you've purged from that trauma and it's time to live again. Um, so yeah, regulating your nervous system, again, maybe through breath work, that's easy way to anchor into the body. Um, and that's why yoga is so powerful too, right? It starts to get people out of their heads and into their bodies. And that was one of the first modalities I explored was yoga for 10 years, teaching that. But, you know, we, we store a lot of emotions in our physical tissues in our body. You know, again, if we don't feel them in the moment, if we don't transmute them, process them, um, communicate them, express them, they manifest in the physical body and it causes disease. And that's why yoga is so powerful. But also things like dance, ecstatic dance, breath work, all the things that involve the body are so, so healing and start to anchor you back into your feminine. And I like to also think of the feminine as an inner child, you know, because you look at children, they're naturally in their feminine, they're naturally in the moment, they're naturally playing, they're aware of all their senses, they're just in a state of wonder. That is how you can be as an adult in your feminine all the time. You know, like that's how I live my life. And that's how I try to live my life. But I've also done a lot of healing to get here. So doing a lot of inner child work, trauma work, and shadow work, because we've put a lot of our feminine at those feminine aspects I was describing into our shadow self into deep deep in our subconscious so being able to access those and remove any shame around just being and receiving instead of doing and giving all the time um, shame around your sensuality your sexuality receiving orgasm having multiple orgasms you know that shame goes so deep and can even be ancestral you know and intergenerational even past lives too if you're of that belief system so yeah, there's so, so many layers to that. But yeah, the, that's how I started was inner child. It was very psychological oriented, still very heady. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's 
let's start. This is the root cause. Let's just get to the root cause, which is always trauma, inner child, or shadow issues. So, and I still use those modalities today. First, start working with someone just as general, just to clear and purge and detox, because those are huge blockages. You know, it's so hard to embody your feminine when you have stagnant trauma still in your physical body. It's possible, but it just might take a long, long time without clearing that trauma. So that was a great question. Thank you for asking that one. Yeah. Not that yours weren't amazing too, Valentina. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're both great interviewers. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think, how can we, because there's so many pieces to everything you say, but mm-hmm. when we talk about the shame around our sensuality and sexuality, and this has been a theme that has come up for me a lot throughout my life. Um, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit. We come from a Catholic background. And so, so many rules and regulations around how you're allowed to express your sensuality or your sexuality. And I think it's hard to let the feminine fully surrender and step into that when there's that background negative, uh, that background narrative of these rules, right? Like women should only, you know, like, for example, like you can't get physically intimate um, until a certain date. And did you move too slow or did you move too fast? Like there's so many pressures on women in regards to how we use our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how you work with clients around that to help them kind of free up and be able to move into relationships that feel safe where they can be fully expressed. And experience mm-hmm. pleasure because that's such a big component of the I, – I think it even goes beyond the Catholic religion of women are not supposed to feel pleasure. You're just here to deliver the baby. Or to serve the man and his pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big theme. And I mean, technically, our women's orgasms are not evolutionarily necessary. Like we can still have a baby without an orgasm. You know, men, like they can't have a baby without orgasming. You know what I mean? So they still don't understand why women orgasm. Like there's no evolutionary purpose other than to make society amazing, obviously. You know, (laughs) like... um, so there's that, but I, when I work with someone, I always start, like I said, from a trauma lens just to clear and purge and see what's really underneath and what's the root cause. Um, and as it pertains to sexuality, I always start with what were your main experiences around sex, you know? Um, and sometimes there's deeper trauma from childhood around it. Um, sometimes it's just their their first time when they lost their virginity, examining that, examining the narratives that they received around sex from their household. Um, also, any um, sexual abuse, sexual trauma. Um, and another thing to consider, too, as I mentioned, is a lot of this is ancestral. And, I mean, we were an egg in our mother who was a fetus and our grandmother while she was pregnant. So we absorb everything and um our wombs absorb everything and everything our mother and grandmother experience and even further back so i say when one woman heals she heals like seven generations before and seven generations after it affects it's a domino effect you know there were so many layers to that question i'm trying to stay masculine linear and like (laughs) logical and structured 
oh, where to go from there? There is so much shame specifically from religion. You know, I had that same background being raised half Jehovah's Witness and half agnostic, um, where like masturbation was evil and bad, you know, but I would end up doing it. And I was like, how could this be bad? Like, I feel good, you know, <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. But it's this intrinsic fear of this life force energy that women can naturally embody that we use to create humans through our wombs or create whatever we want, right? Our power um, and not necessarily to abuse that power. And that's something else to talk about is I talk a lot about the difference between sacred sex and just basic sex where you're just rubbing genitals together, you know, um, versus having a spiritual experience because ultimately, in my opinion, everyone's just searching for that bliss and joy and pleasure. But the ultimate source of that, in my opinion, is your relationship to the universe, to God, to source. And sex is a portal to God. And it can be. And that's what I call sacred sex, where you have this spiritual experience, like you're on LSD or whatever, but it's natural. And it's just from witnessing the divinity and another person and coalescing your life force energies together to create something, whether that's a baby or, you know, using it for manifestation purposes or just to experience that love um, and that divinity in the other person. Um, but there's so much power in that. And there's so much power that lies within the body and our sensations in the body that it's been demonized because people are afraid of it. And if you can just immediately have a direct connection to God, you don't need the church, right? So, I mean, that goes really deep. I could go into so many different <laughs> directions with that. Um, yeah. um, and I talk a lot about Mary Magdalene and the demonization of Mary Magdalene. Um, she's a really good example of the divine feminine. And yeah, healing shame around sexuality goes very deep. That framework of being able to view it through the lens of sacred sexuality, I do feel like is the key because mm -hmm. other otherwise how we've kind of been conditioned by generation upon generation, how we've been conditioned across multiple generations is that sexuality is something that's done in a way of, of a game of power and control. Yeah. Of, and that's why... I think in our DNA and our psyches until we're able to view it from that place of this is a sacred sexual act and I'm going to engage with my partner from that lens and we're going to explore this realm together. It's really easy to get caught up in that conditioning of, okay, you know, you're out there dating somebody. Um, how many dates do I wait? Oh my God, we had sex. Like, oh no, pull back. Oh no. Like, are they still into me? Right. And I think that's when we get caught in that trap that you're describing of like, well, that just means we're probably just rubbing genitals, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and you know, me and my partner just recorded how to find your soulmate for his YouTube channel last night. So we were talking a lot about this, but a lot of issues stem from outsourcing your divinity, right? Through drugs, through alcohol, through even your partner, outsourcing your self-love instead of self-sourcing it. And for me, I get unconditional love straight from source, straight from God and from myself. And I see that mirrored in everything around me. But you see that, that external validation and seeking and just wanting that love 
in a lot of different convoluted ways, you know, like the power dynamics when you're dating. Um, but if you come to situations from a whole complete and healed space, that just doesn't happen, you know, but it takes devotion to yourself to get to that space of healedness. That's a word. Um, but yeah, I also, I've gotten a lot of flack on social media for talking about casual sex because I never recommend casual sex. Um, because there's an energy exchange, like I mentioned, that occurs when you have sex. So if you just have sex with someone you haven't fully vetted that you just met that night or that you don't really know intimately and you're just like fuck buddies, you know, or friends with benefits, our wounds are so absorbent. They absorb, obviously, you know, physical components, but also energies, emotions. Um, we store so much stuff in our womb space and our pelvic floor in general. And so when you just, it's kind of like a temple, you know, or my house. I don't just let anyone into my house, you know, like, and my body is my temple and it's my, the way I connect to God. And so I think being very, it's a, it's a subtle balance. You know, I think we were so unsexually liberated as women for so long that we swung to the other extreme side with the pendulum. Um, and we're seeing the brunt of that and, uh, you know, being unable to stay with a man, being unable to have healthy long-term relationships, things of that nature, and just general womb dis-ease. Like that has risen so much over the past 20 years. And there's a lot of components at play to, that contribute to that. Yeah, it's just about revering and looking at your body, your womb space and your femininity as sacred because it is. How can we invite more pleasure into our lives or allow ourselves to experience more pleasure? Because that just is a direct connection, again, to source, to God. Mm -hmm. I think, as I mentioned, your senses. So touch, taste, smell, sound. Like how often do you indulge in those senses? You know, without any guilt or shame, you know, like do you limit the number of chocolate covered strawberries you deserve, you know? Do you limit the number of orgasms you can have? That's a big one. And I talk about this connection between money and pleasure and food too, right? They're all interconnected and they're all energy, which is the feminine. And so, you know, looking at how you relate to food, and your threshold for pleasure in that realm, your threshold for pleasure in the bedroom, your threshold for money, because those all also involve receiving, and that's the feminine, is receiving. Uh, receiving love, receiving affection, receiving someone witnessing you, because the masculine is the observer, and the feminine is the observee. So yeah, how much can you receive? And you know, slowly increasing that threshold. So I've noticed the more I've increased my threshold for pleasure without guilt or shame or anything, the more money I receive because it's energetic. They're both energetics and they're both about receivership and worthiness as well. Yeah, Just looking at how you interact with your senses. That's a really easy way. Food, um, like I said, touch, sound. How often do you indulge in different sounds? How often also another way is to connect with the ultimate divine feminine, which is our earth, and get out into nature. So many benefits, obviously, physiologically, 
um, but also spiritually and emotionally and looking at the symbolism of Mother Earth as so unconditionally loving and just nurturing and overflowing with life force energy for us mirrored in your own feminine, you know, and seeing that reflected in yourself and how you can manifest more of that in your life. So yeah, I always start with just the body and indulging in the body, like giving yourself even just a full body oil massage, you know, or taking a bath and just being, you know, and having no requirements because you're just intrinsically worthy. You don't have to do anything to deserve a bath. You don't have to do anything to deserve a vacation or whatever. You know, you're intrinsically unconditionally loved um, and deserving and worthy. And that's the divine feminine. Just to kind of add to what you were saying, something that I read on your Instagram that I really loved was you pointing out that pleasure isn't something we create. It's something that we receive. And that's just like, boom, you know, that's mind blown in a way that the way you phrase that. Cause, and then you translate it over to money that you can kind of interchange those two words that also money is not something that we create. It's something we receive. And that is such a major paradigm shift. Yeah. Cause again, it, they're both, energetics and you know whenever I talk about money it's hard not to get into like quantum if you're familiar with quantum mechanics and quantum physics and 5d2 in the spiritual realm that's the realm of the quantum but um they're both energies available for you to tap into and receive at any moment it's just your own blockages preventing that from happening it's like they're held in trust for you by god or the universe and it's just waiting for you to be an energetic match for it, to call it, to download it, basically. Um, and so that applies to a lot of different things, but definitely money and, and pleasure. Um, so it's just about removing these barriers to that. Um, yeah. I love, I love connecting things. Like I connected um, your relationship with food to your relationship to orgasms. Because again, you're receiving, you're intaking energy. And that's something else I forgot to mention. A really easy way to visualize masculine and feminine is our sexual organs. Like the male, the masculine is penetrating. It's forward and it's outward. And the feminine is receiving. It's a portal that receives energy. So when you're in your feminine, you're receiving. When you're in a bath, you're receiving the sensations of the bath. You're receiving the rejuvenating benefits of being submerged in water. So looking at the ways in which you block yourself from receiving and why is a really good place to start with the feminine. And I, I had a very visceral experience of this. I, I talked about it in our last podcast, <laughs> um, but I had a very visceral experience of this when I was down in Puerto Rico about it's been about a week a week ago and mm. I was just in the water I'm in this beautiful island I this crystal blue clear blue water there's palm trees the weather is perfect and I'm laying and I'm starting to flow I'm like okay I'm just gonna go out into the water I've had this visual coming through forever that like I just need to go to a body of water and just flow and then I was there and I found my mind so active, like hyper analyzing a certain relationship, hyper analyzing a certain situation. And I was starting to get lost in the mind. And suddenly 
I had this kind of intuitive hit come through that was like, life is trying to love you. I promise. Like, what would it be like to just allow it? And I softened. And now I think back to that moment and I'm like, literally, that could be translated as making love to Mother Earth because it's like all this energy and, and sensory and textures and smells and sounds trying to come at our physical organs. But we're so in our mind mm-hmm. that we we can't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. There's those blocks, you know, and some of that goes really deep and is trauma related. And some of it is just reflected and just a result of being in this inverted 3D world that we're in. And I call it the matrix, in my opinion, because that's what it is where everything is inverted um, and flipped on its head. So, but it's this intrinsic disconnection from our bodies, from our emotions, being in our head, not our bodies, um, and running on these lower vibrational fields of energy of anger, fear, shame, even reason, being overly reason-oriented or logical, and eventually getting to these higher states of consciousness, of love, of bliss, of joy, of enlightenment, of whatever you want to call it. Um, and people have even calibrated these and you can measure these different emotions and um, the the hurts of each emotion, each thought you have. Um, so literally everything is energy and it's actually measurable. And so looking at where you're spending most of your time, you know, are you spending most of your time in these lower vibrational energies or these higher vibrational energies and why? and looking at the barriers to you accessing those higher levels of consciousness and states of being. I'm so glad that you're able to tap in and receive those blessings in that moment, you know, because you're right, Mother Earth was just trying to love on you. Yeah, and just receive all the medicine, the medicine of the sun, the medicine of the water, the medicine of just being in the present moment too. And whenever, you know, I always recommend whenever you feel your mind just spiraling and you just cannot be present, anchoring into the breath and also just looking at your hands or anchoring into the sensations around you, like what sound is going on right now? How, is there any sensations on my skin? Is there a breeze? Is there the air conditioning on my skin? Whatever is a really easy way to anchor in. And that's, it sounds like that's exactly what you did in that moment. Yeah, I'm like, I've been wanting to head over Twin Island and be in the ocean forever. And there I was like, having the same mental experience that I would be having in Atlanta. And it just kind of hit me. And yeah, I mean, so much of the healing is in those moments where it's just, it's like this moment of a gentle exhale. You know, like we can have so many mind blowing insights and moments of like, you know, if you're doing plant medicine or deep healing and it's so many insights and, you know, so much breakthroughs. But what I've learned is that in my experience, that it's actually it's those nuanced moments of that, like gentle exhale that not necessarily even some crazy fireworks, but it's like in that softness, in that whisper that's when the healing is really feels like it's coming through. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned 
plant medicine because I got this, I finally did a question and answer on my Instagram stories um, earlier this week. And I do it about every couple months and I got so many, but one of them was, what are your thoughts on plant medicine and ayahuasca and things like that? And my opinion is that you can achieve those higher states of being and consciousness through sobriety. It just takes patience and devotion. Um, and I said, you know, I, I give the exception, you know, if you have extreme trauma, you know, shrooms and different um, other plant medicines can be super healing and accelerate that healing process depending on how much trauma you have. Like if you have trauma from when you're two, it's going to be hard to consciously get to that point of healing um, without a catalyst to heal that subconscious mind um, and go deep in there. So, but I've never done any plant medicine. And I will say right now, I experience a natural high all the time. And especially when I just close my eyes, you know, and I've done that through less potent plant medicines like blue lotus flower, which just decalcifies your pineal and pituitary gland. Um, and, or, you know, in the spiritual realm, activates your third eye or um, stop drinking fluoride, lay in the sun, um, connect to Mother Earth. Um, pray, meditate on the regular, but all those things take energy and they take devotion and they take time. It's another way of like, sometimes I see people abusing plant medicine and looking at it as an escape, just like someone would alcohol um, or any other drug. Um, and also there's this lack of integration too. Like you'll have these, like you said, amazing insights and profound experiences, but you're unable to integrate it into your conscious, sober life. I think they can be so, so healing for so many people, but I also think some people can abuse it or just use it as an easy button, you know, or instant gratification of getting high or achieving what you could, you know, in a sacred sexual experience and experiencing that same level of divinity when you're meditating, looking at a flower for like 10 minutes straight or dancing, you know, and fully in your body and feeling every cell of your being just dancing with joy. So yeah, that's my spiel on plant medicine. <laughs> Val Valentina, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, Valentina, because I interrupted you forever. <laughs> we, no, I love the direction. We're, we're both, in, we're both getting in these rants where we're like vying for your attention and like <laughs> to pick it, all your wisdom. Um, no, I was fine. I love that you keep using the word devotion. I really love that. I know mm -hmm. that, you know, as a therapist and in the kind of healing work that I do, I'm working with people that have experienced a lot of trauma or, you know, just generalized anxiety just because of the result of the the world that we live in. So it's not it's not a quick fix. You're not going to come in mm -hmm. and you know, we're going to have that insight. You're going to realize, you know, oh, that was the experience that caused it. Okay, I saw the experience. Why do I still feel this way, right? Yeah. We, there's that part of us that's impatient that just wants to, like, not feel any kind of suffering anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's very much what's coming up for me as I hear you say the word devotion over and over again is that in our modern society, we've, we're not a very devotional culture. It's, it's mm -hmm. just, it's, I'm going to go see this practitioner. I'm going to do this one thing and like, please heal me quick. I don't have time for this. I need to get back to my life. Right. 
Whereas being able to look at this healing, this human journey, the healing journey, I guess it is the human journey as a devotional experience. And you wake up every single day and you go back into that devotion. Yeah. Cause we're in these human bodies and, but we're spiritual beings in human bodies and we incarnated in my opinion, in human bodies to have a human experience. And so we have to keep connecting, reconnecting back to source over and over and over. Cause we forget, we forget that we're divine. We forget that we're unconditionally loved. And especially when you see that mirrored in such a disconnected society, but in terms of patience, I mean, like even just looking at nature, like you can't force a flower to grow, you know, you can't force fall to arrive. I'm like so ready for fall. I'm in Oklahoma in the South. <laughs> I'm just, I love the heat. I'm, you know, I love the sun. I'm in the sun every day, but I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for the more feminine, you know, seasons of the year to arrive. And those are the most spiritually potent for me. And I want to rush it. I'm like, God, why is it not 60 degrees yet? You know, and I found that happening to myself the other day. And I was like, why? You know, this is happening for a reason. We're still in August in the heat for a reason. There's still more masculine yang fire medicine for me to receive, obviously. Um, and so, but it's that resistance to being in the present, right? It's that resistance to being with what is, including suffering, you know, and why suffering or lessons come up for you. So it's that resistance that is there. And it's just, again, the feminine surrender and just like, okay, this is happening for a reason. Where's the medicine? What can I extract from this? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely, you're bringing some things together for me. Because I, I told Valentina a few weeks ago, where I was like, Valentina, I had this thought that, like, if my life is a prayer, what am I praying to? And then we laughed about it because I couldn't, like, complete the thought fully, you know? <laughs> it's like, what am I praying to? Like, even cleaning my kitchen at night so that I can wake up and it's, you know, a, a clean kitchen, a clean space. Like, what if, if everything, if life is a prayer, what am I praying to? And yeah. I think that's just being able to look at it as a practice of devotion is such a beautiful lens for finding a new way to relate to how we care for ourselves and for our lives. It's, you know, we just, we want to heal in, in that we've like lost um, awareness of how, what, how life actually functions. You know, you, you don't just water a plant one time and it's like, okay, I watered you. Like you're, you should be good now. Right. (laughs) You have to be in these practices of, Every few days, you water it again, and it's this continual, lifelong human experience that is going to require lifelong devotion to be in yeah. a place of balance. Yeah, and living life as a living prayer. Like every breath that I take is a prayer, but also, like, even when I make my morning cacao, my morning drink, I add my roses, I add like, all these different things. And I look at the symbolism and the intention behind that. You know, may these roses open my heart because roses are associated with the heart chakra. May this coconut sugar remineralize my bones, you know, like every single thing I add as a prayer. But you can do that in every facet of your life by just being present. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a formal prayer. So 
Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. But I know Valentina has something she wants to ask. <laughs> yeah, I want to just add to what you're saying. There's just so much power in <clears throat> presence and intention. The portal that I opened up in the beginning of this podcast, I opened that up before I drink my tea, before yeah. I go and interact with a friend, before I interact with anything. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you continue to when you have these devotional practices like breath work and meditation and going out into mother nature and sitting in the sun in the mornings or whenever, and you're, you're present with your own divinity and then everything around you, you wake up to its divinity. So everything from your tea to your friend to just anything that you interact with, you wake up to how divine that moment is and you're intentional with that moment because what you feed into that moment will feed back into you. And it's so powerful. It's, I mean, it's changed my life to everything. There's nothing that I interact with that is not seen through the lens of pure divinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking at everything as sacred because it is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, there's, yeah, everything is sacred and everything can be a ritual you know, your whole life is a ritual. Um, but I always say the reason we have so many issues in our world, in our country, in our society, in ourselves, anxiety, depression, all these things, <clears throat> it's this dis disconnection from God, this disconnection from source, this dis disconnection from divinity, and specifically nature. Like mm -hmm. it is not natural to sit in a box all day looking at a screen. It's not. Our bodies and our brains have not evolved over thousands of years to do that. And we see the results of that, you know, um, this inorganic kind of way of living versus living connected to the earth. You know, I'm such a hippie. Like, I just walk without shoes all the time. <laughs> and I'm like always laying on the earth in my backyard um, and sunbathing. Uh, I've created my life around that, you know, because that's my, that's my value system. But, you know, looking at how disconnected we are from nature, how disconnected we are, because we are nature, you know, it's mirrored with, within us. So, yeah, that's a huge part of it, too. One thing that I want to, I mean, it's a slight transition. This all ties together, but I do want to mention or dig into relationships and sacred relationships with a partner. How do we, how do we... Now knowing, you know, how to embody our divine feminine, get into a partnership with a divine masculine. How do we consciously do that? And, and also what does, so this is like a two-part question, what does the divine masculine and what does the divine feminine crave in relationship? Mm, those are good questions. <clears throat> I feel like I talk about this all the time. It's my favorite. And it's not a coincidence because everyone craves being seen and being loved, but you have to create that for yourself. You have to be whole, healed, complete, and loved within yourself or else nothing is ever going to be good enough. You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be truly happy. Um, and that goes for relationships. So like I said, we just filmed how to find your soulmate or attract your soulmate video. So I talked all about this just last night. But so just to be clear, your question was how to have a relationship 
with a divine masculine or how to attract a divine masculine. And then what was the second part? Let's just dive into that. That sounds juicy. I honestly don't even know entirely what my question was, (laughs) but that sounds like the juice that I want to hear. It was something along those lines. Yeah. Um, But, you know, balancing your own masculine feminine energy first right? So for instance, I was very masculine dominant for most of my life um, in my early 20s. And I kept attracting all these feminine dudes, which is fine, but that was not what I wanted. You know, I wanted someone that could out-masculine me. I was so strong. I was so independent. I didn't need a man, but I wanted, I desired, my feminine just desired and craved that container and that safety and that divinity. And before me and my partner got together, I, I visualized God was like looking at both of us doing the inner work, healing, self-development, all of that. And he was like, dude, they would be so much more quantum and magnetic and successful if I just potted them in the same plant, like we're or same pot, um, like we're two separate plants and our growth has just been exponential. And that's what everyone wants. They just want that unconditional love. So like I said, starting with balancing your own inner masculine and feminine and getting really clear on what you value individually. You know, like I believe in source and God. Trying to be with the atheist would not work out for me. You know, that's an intrinsic value of mine. Or being connected to nature, that's a value of mine. And so getting clear on your non negotiables, you know, um, like polyamory, you know, are you monogamous or non monogamous? If you're non-monogamous, trying to be with someone who's monogamous might not work out long-term. So getting clear on non-negotiables values, balancing your masculine and feminine energy, and putting it into practice. So for instance, like if you're a really obvious example of a dude refusing to be in his masculine is not being able to make a decision or trying to make you make the decision. So like if you've met someone and you're planning a date and he's like, well, where do you wanna go? What do you wanna eat? Making you lead, making you make the decisions, making you steer him, that's a huge indicator. But you can try and reel that in and force him to be in his masculine by being like, I don't know, why don't you choose? I'm good with whatever you want, but you have to be surrendered enough and okay in yourself to let that happen. But that's a really easy way. And for me personally, like I lead so much in my business and with my clients and in the world that I don't want to lead in my relationship. I don't want to be making all the decisions all the time and being in our masculine as women all the time. It's like too much fire and not enough water. And that's where you see these women who are burnt out there. I like to call it like dry pussy energy, like (laughs) internally, externally, energetically, like, you know what I'm talking about and it's not appealing and um, it doesn't feel good for the woman either, you know? And so looking at how you want to experience a relationship, like, do you primarily want to be in your feminine and he and his masculine? Um, And the thing is you both should be able to dance between these two energies, depending on what's necessary, but deciding, Hey, primarily I want to be in this energy. You want to be in this energy. But if he has shit hit the fan or something come up emotionally, you can step into the masculine and witness him and hold space for his emotions. But doing that all the time might not be appealing to you. You know, Um, being the more grounded one might not be appealing to you. So, yeah, 
that is just a little tidbit on on relationships and conscious relationships where you both want to heal and you both want to grow and help each other grow as well. And yeah, there's nothing like it. Conscious relationships are the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our partners are just like everyone else can be such a spiritual guide for us in this lifetime and a way to just reconnect back with our own divinity. Again, and like what you said, it all ties back to our connection with God, with the universe, if that's what that's what you believe in. We believe that. Yeah, for sure. I always say relationships are like the ultimate shadow work, right? Because you see yourself mirrored in this other person. And, you know, the, I say like the honeymoon phase ends, which it doesn't have to. You can keep that up for years and years and years. But ideally, the honeymoon phase for most people ends and the shadow work begins. And you start to see the things in your partner that you don't like that aren't really things you don't like in them, but they're things you don't like in yourself that you're seeing in the other person embodied. Um, and so they're huge portals for healing, should you choose to, because it's a choice. Um, but it, the dividends are just so exponential and so, so worth it to lean into all that inner work. And But it does help to have done a lot of inner work prior to even getting into the union. It just makes things easier. You have the tools. You're really, really know yourself already deeply and intimately. Love, love relationship talk. <laughs> as, as far as vetting, mm. I, I always, I always want to. There's a part of me that always wants to like be mindful of the non-heteronormative folks out there in this dialogue. But I, I don't know how to do that yet. I'm still, you know, I. Yeah, I, I have a lot of same-sex individuals who follow me and I'll get a lot of people same-sex individuals who don't follow me giving me hate on my page like this is not this is heteronormative all these different things but I'll have people who aren't heteronormative following me being like I just this totally applies to me still you know like masculine energy feminine energy it's within everyone regardless of what type of relationship you're in like it's just even look at two magnets Like if you put the same, if you're both feminine, you're going to repel each other. If you're both masculine, you're going to repel each other. And one person can be in their feminine, one person can be in their masculine, a same sex relationship. And you ebb and flow between those two energies, depending on what is needed. I mean, that's how I navigate it, at least. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place for that. Right. It's all, it's all energies. Yeah. As far as like the way that I end up talking about it right now at this stage of my understanding of all of it, it's going to be pretty heteronormative because I think as women in heterosexual relationships, well, first of all, our world has been primarily created by heterosexual relationships, like the norms, the structures, Mm -hmm. the systems. It's this dynamic interplay between man and woman right? Maybe overly women, overly in their feminine, men overly in their masculine, whatever. But yeah, our world has been created by those, not just like literally born, but like our systems have been created. Our relationships, the way that we all relate to each other has been heavily influenced by this dynamic between heterosexual men and women. And what I have seen in my work, in my life, in our lineage, in so many women around me is that because women have 
for so many years, so many generations have been so, were so oppressed, had no economic power, no power of choice, did mm -hmm. not, just did not have a lot of sovereignty about who we were, how we wanted to engage our bodies, how we wanted to move through this world. We had to learn, like you were saying in the beginning, to be more in that wounded feminine in many ways, which is I'm not going to have boundaries. I'm going to take whatever is given to me because I guess if this man is my only access to economic survival or survival of any sorts, I got I have to take whatever he's willing to give me, even if that's breadcrumbs. And mm -hmm. what I see happening now, like how it's manifesting now that we're more sovereign women is that we're still carrying that narrative with us of settling for breadcrumbs, accepting inconsistent um, approaches from men. Yeah. You know, in the I call them man children. Exactly. I was going to say in the beginning when you said <laughs> man child and I kind of like piped in there and I'm like, I love that. I want to clarify, like, I don't love calling men man-childs or men-children. Yeah, it mean. should be used seldomly, you know, when it's actually warranted. And yeah. I even have, like, a diagram of a sovereign man, man-child on my Instagram because it's so prevalent. And I got tired of hearing about it all the time. I was just like, this is, you know, and this is why man-children are developed. Like, we're very much, a lot of people have grown up in a fatherless homes and fatherless societies and have had no example of what a divine masculine looks like as a father, much less just as a concept. And so you see these men who don't know how to be integrous. They don't know how to follow through, honor their word, do what they say they're going to do, um, show up on time, lead you, much less your family, much less in their business or in their work situation. They don't know how to take initiative, to take action. Yeah, and I loved what you said about the history because the first, all three waves of feminism were very necessary, you know? Um, but with the third wave in the 70s and women's liberation movement, we, we were able to be sovereign beings. We were able to even get a credit card without our father or husband signing off on it, you know? Like just little things like that. But, you know, we don't need men monetarily but we need we feel we won't need men as like an other half to evolve our soul you know it's just like you can't have the masculine without the feminine so we got to this point where we don't need them to for money or for financial security but it'd be nice to have love in your life you know externally um so that's how i approached dating when i was dating it was just like i don't need a dude but i desire one um, so yeah, there's so much history there, but there was a time when we were fully embodied and we were sovereign pre, um, Judeo-Christian religion. And it was, it wasn't necessarily matriarchy, you know, it wasn't one extreme or the other, but women were revered as the life givers. Like they, no one would exist without women. You know, we literally birth and create life. Um, out of nothing. And so, you know, even houses and um, property were um, relayed down through the mother line instead of the father line. And they chose women's names, last names instead of the father's last name. 
um, just revering that. And men were still so necessary. They were still the protectors. They were still the main providers. They weren't demonized. And I see that happening today where we get so overly fixated on how oppressed we've been. But it's like we're not we're not as oppressed now. And we have all these choices and freedoms that so many women have worked so hard for that I don't feel comfortable just dwelling on how oppressed I am as a woman all the time. I want to be able to use those blessings, use those gifts and help bolster the divine masculine. And I actually think toxic masculinity is an absence of the divine masculine, you know, like the man child, like we were talking about. So, yeah, so, so many layers there. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I'm in a, I want to see more women and myself included and hold myself to this, to the best of my conscious intention to allow ourselves to hold higher standards for men for sure in the way that they approach us in the way that you know they come they they come at us and the way that they choose to relate to us because going back to like this lineage and this history and you know the man child like men not having to not they, they didn't need to show up in the highest form for sure of their most healed masculine because i mean they didn't have to they could get whatever they wanted anyway. So it didn't matter. But now Mm -hmm. that we're in this place, like what I hope is to see more and more women be like, step into their goddess energy and be like, come at me. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, hold your word, have integrity, create structure. I'm not going to be okay with inconsistency and realizing Mm -hmm. that like, we don't have to make excuses for men anymore because they it, it's also time for them to rise up with us it is yeah and boundaries are a huge thing that i see men not embodying and i i was getting a couple months ago so many questions and dms about hey my boyfriend like likes sexy pictures of other women on instagram how do i get him to stop and i was like why is this even a question why is this, why are you even with him? Why are you allowing this? Why has this not already been a conversation in the beginning of relationship? Like, hey, here's what I value. Here's, you teach someone how to treat you in the beginning. You set the tone, right? So like my partner didn't even know what boundaries were when we first got together. And I was like, that's a non-negotiable for me because that creates safety. Him being able to say no to certain things creates that safety. And so boundaries, are a huge thing that I see lacking in men in general with themselves and discipline, you know, like, oh, I want to work out. But does he actually take the action to work out? Is he disciplined? Is he devoted? That's actually a masculine quality, devotion, because it takes discipline to be, it takes discipline to sit down every morning and meditate and take care of yourself in that way or connect with God. You know, boundaries 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 for both people but definitely men and yeah not tolerating bullshit you know not tolerating tomfoolery not tolerating man children setting that standard of worthiness and waiting and being patient and knowing that that exists because I get a lot of women who are like there's no more conscious men you know like where are they and I'm like okay but are you conscious 
you know, and me and my partner talked about that in the video we filmed last night. Like if you were, you know, if you have all these qualities written down of what you want in a man, if you were to even meet him in real life right now, would you be an energetic match for him? Would he even be attracted to you? You know, have you embodied those qualities that you so seek externally? Yeah, there's, it takes two to tango, you know? And I think really, really learning about these polarities and what they actually mean and figuring out where I was wounded and where I want to dip into, that has been instrumental for me and my, in my boundaries and my absolute Mm. knowing of what I will and will not tolerate. Now knowing that after doing the work to heal my masculine and having this deep craving to step deeper into my feminine, knowing that who I want to attract is that divine masculine, is someone who can lead, is someone who's consistent, that goes through with their word, someone who is, has direction and, you know, someone who wants to take charge in the real world and sexually, someone who just all of these characteristics. And it's like, once you know that anyone who approaches you will just, there's a filter. That's like such <laughs> For a sure. When you're filter. anchored in that. And oh that's my why God. my girlfriend was like, people can't call me all the time. I was like, men don't fuck with me no more. Like they just know I'm still in my feminine. I'm still open and inviting, but there's this energy of no bullshit, you know, like do no harm, but take no shit. You know, like if you cross a boundary, shit's about to hit the fan, you know, (laughs) you know, it's a balance. Like I'm my own masculine for me. You know, I have that masculine ability to step into that when it's necessary, but for longevity purposes, I stay in my feminine. You know, even in the relationship and when I'm out in the world too, as much as possible. But yeah, that you have to calibrate to the certain level of worthiness of not settling and not getting into this trap of scarcity and lack. You know, like there's not enough good men. They're all taken. Um, it's not. It's just they're not in your field because you're not in that energetic realm yet for one reason or another. You know, maybe there's more healing to be had. I always say when you're trying to manifest something, the universe will send you these little tests or like shiny carrots. It'll dangle in front of your face where say like, I really want a truly masculine man and I find him, but he's non-monogamous and that's a huge non-negotiable value of mine. I want a monogamous relationship. There's a huge caveat and a catch and the universe is testing your worthiness. Like, are you going to settle? This is almost what you want. But do you truly feel worthy for receiving everything, having it all? And if you pass that test, quote unquote, um, that blessing is eventually delivered to you, you know? So really anchoring in your worthiness as a woman and yeah, getting really clear on what you truly desire. Like for a lot of women, Jason Momoa or Carl Drogo, the epitome of the mask. That That is my dude. Yeah. Yeah, he was mine too before I attracted my man because um, he really is a good example of the warrior archetype yeah. and the protector and the primal masculine. That's why dudes get friend zoned. I mean, we have obviously it's a choice we women make, like, but it's normally because the man can't embody his masculine, especially his dark, not even dark, but just primal, mm-hmm. his like, like he wants to ravish you. You know, and there's no coincidence that Fifty Shades of Grey was just so popular because there's such yearning from the feminine of wanting to be led, 
you know, and, you know, it takes it to the extreme, you know, BDSM and all of that. Um, but just being led outside the bedroom, being told, guided, you know, like, I'm like, I, sometimes I'll go to my dude and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what to do right now. And he's like, why don't you just take a bath? I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is what I need to think, you know, um, but also, you know, like leading our finances, you know, making those decisions and make, I know he has that self-discipline to manage all of that and all the different things, but yeah, it's that intrinsic yearning to just be held as the feminine that all women, everyone desires, including men, even they want to be witnessed to and held and nurtured too. But I see women either overly fathering in their masculine or overly mothering men, man children, when they could just go find a man, a true man, you know, and not waste their time and energy. Um, Cause that's that dude's job to develop themselves. So yeah, worthiness, boundaries, standards, so necessary. Yeah. Hold strong. Hold strong, lady. <laughs> yeah. He's out there. I mean, I, di- I didn't think I would find a dude who was into masculine feminine polarity, had read all the same books as me, who was my age in my town here in Oklahoma. You know, like what? And I did, you know, and it's my soulmate and the person I'd been wanting to attract for years and years. So they're out there. It's just about timing and devotion to yourself, mostly. Yeah. Mm, I love this. <laughs> I saw a, a quick little, I saw an image the other day pop up on Instagram of J, Jason, Jason Momoa. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Mm-hmm. Of Jason Momoa. It's Lisa Bonet, right? The Yeah, he's okay. married to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was holding, he had his arms wrapped around her and it was like his hands just had to be wrapped around her. And she was just so completely held. And I think I stared at that image for like five minutes and then I, I saved it and I still go back to it. I'm like, that <laughs> yeah. is like the sexiest thing. I mean, it just speaks to the core of my soul. Yeah. Of that ultimate like ravisher. I will hold you. I will guide you. And I think like, so, you know, where we are now, so many women, we have that, like, I'm like a boss ass bitch. I can do it on my own. It's like, yes. But like, I wonder how many of us are holding on to that out of just this fear mentality? Because if you really think about it, you know, imagine surrendering, imagine just allowing yourself to really spill into that divine masculine that will hold you, that will guide you. And like, yeah, you're still a boss ass bitch, but like one who surrenders and one who like, that is so juicy for me. I, I used to always lead and always want to control. And now I'm just like, I crave to like, yes, take it. Yes, I will take a bath. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I want to listen to you. I want to, you know. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. It's that and it, you, we want to deny our animalistic nature, but in our, I call it like our inner cave woman and cave man, because a majority of our brain still operates in that realm. And so to deny that, like, you look at women are hunter gatherers. The men would go hunt. They were very focused, direction purposed, leading each other for a set goal. And you see that in the masculine mindset. And they were protectors. You know, you literally wouldn't survive if your dude couldn't protect you or and if you couldn't protect your children, you know. So you had to embody your masculine too while the men were away hunting. 
But that primal desire as women has not gone away. It's still a major part of our brain, our animalistic nature, our reptilian brain, that just that primal desire to be protected. Like, yeah, I can protect myself, you know, (laughs) Um, but do I want to all the time? No, Mm -hmm. you know, that's exhausting. It's exhausting to be in my masculine all the time. It's not sustainable. And you, like I said, you see this happening in emotional and, and physical ways in women's bodies too start to come to the surface. But yeah, using that image as an expander of what's possible and oh, yeah. calling that in and focusing on the feeling. That's another part about manifesting the one or your soulmate or divine masculine is how you want to feel. Not necessarily what he looks like, but how he feel makes you feel in your body and in your soul. <clears throat> because it can be very limiting to be like, okay, I want him to look like this, have this, do this, blah, blah, blah. But how does he make you feel? You know, what does the relationship feel like? Um, and being open to how that is going to look and how that's going to play out, trusting the process and the plan. Valentina, I'm, I'm going to need you to send me that image. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I will put this image on blast for all who need an expander. So sexy, so cave man, woman. I'm like, we really are animals. I think we are. And men used to have these initiations where they would be initiated into manhood, where their their discipline was tested, their stamina for suffering, their stamina for pleasure was tested too. Mm -hmm. And it made them men. But we don't have that. And same thing for women. We used to come into our womanhood and it used to be a celebration and a ceremony of our womb blood and of our bodies coming into physical form. And we don't have that anymore. We don't have that guidance. And so you have people still operating from their wounded inner children, you know, into the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know. Yeah, I know you were going to say something though, Paula. Just that the the boundaries thing is just, you know, level one, level one, because it, it, it's going to require us being in that place of worthiness and clarity about Mm -hmm. who that partner is and how they would approach us and to stand true to that so that we can trust ourselves and our own masculine and our own container structure enough to be like, okay, you know, I got me. So if at any point the situation goes left, I'm out of here. Right. And I think when we know that about ourselves and we can trust that deeply about ourselves, it opens up the it opens up the room for it, it opens us up to be able to surrender. We have to be able yeah. to trust that we know how to have limits before we can release. For sure. Yeah. And another thing to think about too is in terms of embodying your feminine as a woman in relationship or just dating, trying to find your person is If you're heterosexual and you're a woman seeking a man and you want to be in your feminine relationship, but you're so masculine, like, and you want to attract a masculine dude, you're going to repel him. And it's almost like he's dating a dude, right? Like that's not attractive to him dating another dude. Like he has friends, hopefully, that embody that masculine for him. He wants to be with someone soft, who is that life force energy of the home, you know, that creates the juiciness, the vibrance, the the flow, the shifts, all of that. 
yeah, looking at that too. Yeah. And it's just like the woman, you know, we don't want to be more often than not with a feminine man. We have girlfriends for that. And that's how dudes get friend zone, not being able to embody their masculine um, in a lot of different ways or just not being up to snuff, you know, <laughs> but yeah, vetting someone as you would if you were your own dad, being that, that masculine for yourself, for sure. So important. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're both going to say that. Yeah. I mean, we, I, we have taken and not like a lot of your time and we could probably keep you here. I know that's what I was about to say. We like, both, I have to acknowledge that we, we are both, 24 yes. minutes over. Yeah. We could probably keep you here for another two hours. Um, I know. I know there's so much to talk about with these subjects. They go so deep and they're so multifaceted, but yeah, I do have a movie date night with my man and I'm really excited because we're actually going out to the movies Yay! and it's going to be so yummy. We haven't been out to the movies in a long time, obviously, with COVID and there just hasn't been any like higher consciousness, good movies out, you know, it's like all horror and just like, yeah, lower consciousness stuff. So I'm really stoked. So yes, ordinarily, I would probably just keep going because it's so juicy. But yeah, I gotta have to set that masculine boundary. <laughs> okay, no, perfect. Thank you so much for Absolutely. being this, in this conversation with us. I mean, you are amazing and you just have so much knowledge that as you're speaking, I'm like, oh my God, I like love your brain so much. <laughs> and Aww, everything that you're- Thank you. Yeah. And you're so generous so of spirit. So thank you thank so you. much for speaking with us. And before we close up, um, there's something we ask all our guests and that is what is, what is mental health to you right now? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. Being connected to your body and emotions. It's less mental health, more body health. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if a lot of mental issues or issues of the spirit happen, like I said, from this disconnection from our nature, from our body, from our emotions, and from source, forgetting we're a manifestation of source and God in human form. And we're meant to experience divinity and it's just always coming back to that practicing. So yeah, that's what mental health is for me at least. It's beautiful. We love that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now we will let you go. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. It Wait, was a pleasure. It was one, so much fun. One, one last thing. Paula, she did I know, I know, I know, I know. But you have to guess her zodiac sign. She's a Leo. I know oh, you're yeah. a Leo. Oh, I saw okay. her stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I am. I am. I'm a Leo baby. That's also why I'm just so masculine. I'm also mm. apparently, I found out, Virgo rising, Virgo moon. So I can be very analytical, naturally, um, all of that. So yeah, I don't have to work on my masculine. And that's why figuring out like what you mostly are dominant as is so helpful. Because you're like, okay, I've got the masculine in the bag. I don't have to focus on that. I really need to focus on the opposite, you know? So I never have to work hard to be in my masculine ever. It's more so the feminine. Um, but yeah, it can be very enlightening sometimes to understand. Definitely people's sun signs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All of us have masculine here. I'm an Aries and Paula's a Leo. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Lots of fire. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. So much fire on this podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, All right. for real, we will let you yes. go. Thank you so okay, much. Beautiful. Have a beautiful night. 
Thank you for having me. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. No, wait. People have to know where to follow you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, this is. That would be really helpful. I'm yeah. sure you're going to include links, right? We will yeah. do links. And yeah. also, I'm going to, can you send us the link to the YouTube video you mentioned a few times um, on your boyfriend's page? Yes, that will actually be, yeah, that will come out in a couple of days on probably on Sunday-ish, Monday. Okay. Um, but yeah, I will definitely link that for everyone listening. But yeah, you can finally find me mostly on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of my time in terms of creating content and value for people. Um, so it's at Victoria Whitley, double Y at the end. And then my website too, like I mentioned my blog, um, there's that quiz on masculine feminine, which one you are more so. And then just a ton of other free content as well. And a ton on my Instagram. Um, like I said, I'm there on the daily providing the juice. Oh so, my God. The juice, yeah. juice. You provide like the juice 50 on shades your of gray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love connecting with women. It's just, it's so much fun and it never gets old. It's my favorite thing in the world. So right. I would love to connect with anyone listening. If you want to DM me or whatever, I would love to connect. Yeah, and we'll link everything below. So you guys check her out. And okay, for real, for real. Thank you. <laughs> Honor. Yes. And we'll thank let you. you go. Thank you for yes. sharing so much. Thanks of your for time having with me. Us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Bye. 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 All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode with Victoria. Victoria, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sharing your heart, your spirit, your mind, all of it with us. You have so much goodness to share and we could not be more grateful that you shared with us in our community. You know what? Clearly, I wanted to talk to Victoria forever because she said she was done talking and I still pushed it. And honestly, I felt so bad about that afterwards, especially after all the conversation we just did on boundaries. But I'm trying not to beat myself up about it and be a perfectionist about it. We all learn. We're all on this boundaries journey together. Victoria, I am so sorry for pushing you just a little bit more. You know, it's interesting. I feel like in that moment, my wounded masculine came out a little bit because she laid down her boundary and I still pushed a little bit more just because I was so enthralled by her words. Paula wanted to ravish you, Victoria. <laughs> but I pushed and I'm like, oh, that's so fascinating. Like, we just talked about this for a whole hour. And then I'm like, ah, like so enthralled by what she was saying. But it's in like, I thought about it too afterwards, because I was like, well, why was I so fixated on making sure that she answered what mental health meant for her right now? Even though we had just talked about it, I'm like, well, because that's the tradition of the podcast. And I'm like, that's interesting too that like part of the wounded masculine energy might also be sticking to traditions and routines for the sake of sticking to traditions and routines even if they don't make sense with the energy of the moment and I'm like okay well here you go guys I just exemplified my just use myself as an example of some of that energy coming through um but you know what? This is a learning journey. Also, something interesting for me to kind of like sit with. And because I always criticize that about our society sometimes, how we have rules just to have rules, even if they don't make sense. And yet, you know, we all have those moments where we kind of step into these shadows that we're also trying to step out of. 
That's so real. That is so real. And with religion and it's like, you have to do this, but why? Because that's what it's, that's what the Bible or whatever, you know, says we have to do, you have to do it. But why, you know, that is so, 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 so real. Wow. I love that. You know what, you guys, we are here in the flesh being raw and real and fucking up left and right (laughs) and learning in real time. We're all on this journey together. It's the human experience. And I'm just really happy that we're, you know, when we mess up, we're aware of it because we, you know, I, I know Paula felt really, really bad afterwards. And I was like, what just came over me? Like, I am so honoring of boundaries usually, but yeah. I'm I'm just thankful that you, you know, are aware because you could also be around here moving like someone who is just completely unaware, completely not willing to respect other people's boundaries, or at least, you know, say sorry when you do cross them. So I think that's important. Yeah, you know, I think that's what it's about, right? The perfectionism in us sometimes, and we talked about this before, it's like, I just want to be healed. I want to get this right every single time. And it's just not going to happen. Like we're so little humans fumbling around every now and then. So treat ourselves with grace, treat each other with grace. As long as the humans on our journey and ourselves like are open to learning and continuing to grow, that's, that's what matters. And with that, you guys, don't forget to tune in on Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. We love you with every single cell in our whole bodies. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. And remember that every part of you is welcome here. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye.